off with a confession. Fourth of July weekend, this particular Sunday, is not my favorite because I come into it knowing that there are a lot of people today that are out of town, on the lake, having barbecues, shooting off fireworks, sleeping in, and doing a million and one other things. However, I decided this year, instead of just cursing the weekend, that I would come ready to preach the best message of my entire life. So it remains to be seen if I'm going to be able to pull that off, but I am glad that you are here today, and I'm just thrilled that you're with us in God's presence. This is the best place to be. I'm also pretty fired up about being in church today because this past week, our student ministry, they were in Memphis, Tennessee at the AXIS Conference, the AXIS Summer Student Conference. And so they have been in God's presence all week, having fun, serving the city. They had an amazing, amazing week. So at least today I figured there would be some fired up students and some exhausted youth leaders in the place. But it's been a great, great week. I hope that you have experienced God this week and that this next week after a few days of rest that you'll be able to run in the strength of what God has in mind for your life because we are officially we are officially at halftime. Half of the year is over and now we are getting ready to attack the second half of the year. And one of the ways that we're doing that as a church is we are starting next Sunday what is our favorite series, our most fun series it's called At the Movies, and we want to invite you. We want to make sure that you're here next Sunday for the kickoff. We want to make sure that you bring friends with you. We want to make sure you bring neighbors. Look, if you know anyone that really are not that crazy about church or who are feeling a little reluctant to come to church, this series, At the Movies, is the perfect bridge for them. I would just advise you to bring them because we're going to have a great time in addition to giving away movie theater popcorn and candy and soda each and every week for the entire month of July. And I mean, I think that in and of itself is a reason to come. But in addition to that, we're going to be blending together movies and the truth of God's word in a truly unique thing that maybe you've never experienced before. So be sure to come and to bring somebody with you. We're going to have a fabulous, fabulous month at the movies, and you can eat popcorn in church, drink soda in church, kick back and watch a movie in church, and on top of that, get closer to God than you ever have before. So how about it? Let's make it happen next weekend. But here today, here today, I have the challenge of preaching the greatest message of my life to all of the faithful people who are here on 4th of July weekend. So grab your Bibles, if you brought it, your smartphone, your tablet, open up the Waterview app because in it is our digital worship guide and go with me to Exodus chapter number 13. Exodus chapter number 13 and we're gonna read verse number 17. The Bible says this, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country even though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds 
and return to Egypt. That's hard to believe. That they would go back to Egypt. That they would go back to a place of bondage and pain and slavery. But God said if they face war, if they face hardship, if they face some of the opposition that they're getting ready to face, they just might change their minds about going in the direction I'm taking them. They just might change their mind about the future that I have prepared for them, and they'll return to Egypt. So God led the people on a harder path, around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. So when the Israelites went up out of Egypt, they went ready for battle. They went ready for battle. And today, as we close out our series, Faces of Faith, I want to talk to you on this subject. Faith is preparation for battle. Faith is, and as we're thinking about this second part of the year in front of us, faith is preparation for battle. You see, the last few weeks, really throughout the entire month of June, we've been looking at faith. We've been talking about the faces of faith, the, the ways that faith manifests itself. Because we've got certain ideas about what faith is and what faith looks like. But we wanted to really spend some time looking at the faces of faith. And we can all agree on this, faith is powerful. In fact, Corey Tinboom said, faith sees the invisible Faith believes the unbelievable, and faith receives the impossible. When you think about faith, please note that faith is a conduit that carries the presence and the power of God right into the midst of His people, right into the midst of our hearts and lives, right into the midst of our families, because faith is a difference maker, Faith is a future shaper. Faith is a bondage breaker. Faith is a kingdom mover. In fact, Elton Trueblood made this very profound statement. He said, faith is not belief without proof. And that's oftentimes what we think faith is. I'm going to believe in God, even though I've never seen him before. I'm going to believe that God's going to turn my situation around even though things seem out of control. But faith is not just believing in something without there being proof. Faith is trust without reservation. Faith is trusting God, surrendering to God without reservation. Why? Because we know that He's good, we know that He's always been good, and we know that He is going to be good, and we can trust in His character, we can trust in His capability. Well, if you go and if you read in the book of Hebrews, specifically Hebrews chapter number 11, you're going to find a chapter that really is all about the faces of faith. If you'd want to enrich this series and kind of go on a little deeper dive in your personal devotion time, make sure this week that you read Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews, in fact, in fact lists the different names and 
the different stories of people all throughout the scripture. It's truly a, a chapter on the faces of faith. And it tells us all about faith and just some different, some different aspects of faith. And then when you read in Hebrews chapter 11, you're going to see that, that we read there that what we read a moment ago in Exodus, you might be wondering why if we're talking about faith, are we looking at the book of Exodus? Well, if you go to Hebrews 11, you're going to see that what we read in, in Exodus is actually all about faith. Specifically, this passage is all about faith. So I wanted to close out our series today, pointing us to some incredible revelation that we can unpack for our lives. I first want you to notice that in verse number 17, God says, if my people face war, and mind you, if Hebrews 11 tells us that what we read in Exodus is all about faith, then what applied to them obviously has ramifications and applications for us, even though it's Old Testament, even though it's in the second book of the Bible, it's got some real application for our own lives. It tells us a lot about us. It can help us in a really profound way. So in verse number 17 here, God says, if my people face war, they might change their minds about the direction they're going in and what I've called them to do and return to Egypt. So my question to you today that I would love for you to mull over in these next few moments is what does this tell us about us? And what does it tell us about the misconceptions that we have about the life of faith? God says if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Well, if that's true of us, that, that there's this, this thought maybe in the mind of God that if we, if we face battle, if we face opposition, if we face tough times, if we go to pursue that relationship or chase that dream or take, take that next step in committing our life to Jesus or starting that business or doing whatever it is that God is put in our hearts to do, to live fully alive, a life that's flourishing and fulfilled where we're making our life matter. What does that tell us whenever we go to do that, that God is concerned that there is a chance that we may change our minds and go back to where we came from? What kind of misconceptions do you have about the faith that's in your heart and about this life of faith that we are pursuing together. For one, I consider that oftentimes I think that, that to have faith or to pursue faith, that it makes all roads before us smooth and problem-free. That it, that it eliminates suffering, that it eliminates challenge, that if we're truly living a life of faith, then everything's just going to go our way. 
no one's ever going to betray us. No one's ever going to turn their back on us. That everything's going to be good. Surely if the favor of God is on something, then everything will go as it's supposed to go. That's a misconception that I often carry in my life. And what are some of the misconceptions that you have? Because we got to make sure that we address it because one thing is certain. Conflict will come. Challenges will come. Difficulties will come. No matter what it is that we put our heart and minds to do, there's going to be times where we feel overwhelmed, where our back's to the wall, where we feel like there is no escape, where we just are throwing our hands up in the air thinking, dear God, what am I supposed to do? to do next and then verse number 18 tells us that God's people then go up out of Egypt and I quote armed for battle armed for battle so my next question that I'd like for you to consider this morning is what does this expression armed for battle suggest about the life that awaits us after we get saved. What does it suggest to us about what we can look forward to once we've surrendered our life to Jesus and once we say, Jesus, yes, you're my Lord and my leader and I'm going to follow you all the rest of my days. It means that battles are certain and it means that we need to be prepared if you have a sincere heart for God, and if you want to please God, and if you want to be close to God, understand that there is a target on your back. There is a target on your marriage. There is a target on your finances. There is a target on your family. And that's why the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 6. Let's look at it together. He says that about wraps it up. God is strong. And he wants you strong. So take everything that the master has set out for you. Well-made weapons of the best materials. And put them to use so you'll be able to stand up to everything that the devil throws your way. This is no weekend war that we're going to walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death Fight to the finish against the devil and all of his angels. I want you to notice that last part. That's important. It says this is a, a, a fight involving the devil and his demons. Hear me today as we're talking about battling and fighting. You and I, we are not in a fight against people. We should not be wasting our efforts and our time and our energies in fighting against people. We are followers of Jesus. He has transformed us. He is working in us. We are not fighting against people. Even when people are the cause of your frustration, your hurt, your disappointment, your anger, you got to look past all of that and you got to see that your fight is not against people. 
We are in a fight against the spirit of darkness. We are in a fight against evil. We are in a fight against Satan, who is our adversary, the one who, who Jesus said has come to steal and kill and destroy. He should be the one receiving our attention. He should be the one that we should be engaging with in conflict. It's not the person that we disagree with in social media. It's not the, the person that's occupying whatever political position that we, we don't particularly like. This fight is not about people. It's not against people. It's about good and evil. It's about heaven and hell. It's about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven and the will of God versus selfishness and, and, versus, and versus being self-focused and, and, and against all of the things that Satan tries to lead us to do and to be. We're in a fight. But we're not fighting one another. We're not fighting people. We're, we're fighting against the serpent, the dragon, Satan. So let's focus our efforts in that direction. And then we see in this passage, very interesting, Exodus 13, 17, and 18, that on their way to the promised land, to the place that God has prepared for them, the Lord led his people away from the short road. In fact, say this with me. There are no shortcuts. The Bible says that as God is taking his people to where he has in mind for them, where he wants them, a place of blessing, a place of flourishing, a place of fulfillment, that he takes them away from the shortcut, takes them away from the road that would get them there the fastest, and has them go on the longer route, has them go the hard way. So my final question that I'd like for us to wrestle with is this. How does the elimination of a shortcut get reconciled and get digested by people like us. People that cook with air fryers. So that roasts don't take eight hours. They take 15 minutes. For people that laugh. And that look back on the days of dial-up internet with mockery and with frustration. How, how does God eliminating a shortcut sit with you? As probably many of us today are going to go to a restaurant and expect our food to be served promptly. In fact, some of us will even go to a place that is all about fast food. We're talking today about how faith is preparation for battle. It's about preparation for what God has for us in the future. And understand this idea of God eliminating shortcuts from our life 
and having us take the long way and the hard way is the way that God trains his people. It's how he prepares us. It's how he builds our faith. In fact, I've heard it said that with God, the shortest distance between two points. In fact, you remember this in mathematics that the, that the fastest and the shortest different distance between two points is a straight line. Well, with God who works outside the confines of mathematics and time and all of those things, with God, the shortest distance between two points is a very long, squiggly line that can oftentimes go in circles. It goes up and down. And when you look back over your life, if we could get like an aerial snapshot of the trip, it looks like we went from coast to coast and there's no rhyme or reason. And what it is that we've just done Think about your life and all the weird twists and turns and changes of direction that you've walked. It's the way that God trains us. But what exactly, you might be wondering here today, maybe even feeling frustrated about this reality, what is his purpose for this kind of training? Why does God take us on such a confusing, circuitous, up and down route well number one this long road actually leads to our success god has your success in mind has our church's success in mind in fact it tells us in in exodus 13 that god led the people around the way of the wilderness. Another translation reads in that manner that God actually takes them out into the wilderness. That he knew if they went the one way, if, he went, if they went into Philistine country, they were going to have opposition. If they go through the wilderness, they're going to have opposition. So here we see that God knew no matter what way, no matter what route that they took, that there was going to be opposition because opposition is inevitable. We're going to face challenges. We're going to face war. So God, he chose the path that was going to force them to keep moving forward. God had them go the route that required that they would have no other option because God knew this about human nature. He knew this about me and you. He knew that if any of those people could see a life raft, that if any of those people could see a back door, that if any of those people could see an escape hatch, they would take it. And that they would hurry themselves, them and their family, those little sandaled feet, they would be scurrying all the way back to captivity as fast as those sandals, those Nike sandals would carry them. So God chose the route for their life that guaranteed that they would stick to the plan. The plan of, 
I'm working in you. I'm developing you. I'm transforming you. I'm turning you into a nation. I'm turning you into my people. I want you to flourish. I want you to live fulfilled. I want your lives to matter. I want you to stick with that plan. In other words, it was his kindness and his goodness that caused them to avoid the shortcut and to take the long and the hard path because he was guaranteeing their success. He was guaranteeing their success. And yes, there were some that didn't make it. There were some that did not succeed. In fact, the Bible tells us that there was an entire group of people that actually died while wandering around in the wilderness because of their disobedience, their dishonor, their division, their lack of faith. But hear me, God's plan succeeded. Although some people didn't make it, God's plan succeeded because had those people gone another way, had a life raft, had an escape hatch, had they gone back to Egypt, then their children and all of the following generations, they would have never seen the promised land. They would have never seen or experienced what God had for them. But that road that God took them on was long enough to make sure that many of them would make it, that many of them would actually cross over, that many of them would actually have that experience and they would embrace the good things that God had in mind for them. God takes us down the long road because he wants us to succeed. He wants us to succeed. Here's another thing that we see. It is the hard path. As we're talking about faith that prepares us for battle, it is the hard path that produces humility in our life. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse number 2, it says this, and you shall remember the long way. Everyone say the long way. You're going to remember the long way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might humble you. Let me ask you this. When you think about the idea of somebody humbling you, do you do what I typically do? I make the mistake of whenever I think about somebody humbling me, I think that in order for me to be humbled, that I have to be humiliated. But I want you to know this about God. God, as he's humbling us and producing humility in our life, God never humiliates us. God is good. God is loving. God is gracious. God is kind. God does not operate the way that we do. He does not put us on blast in front of the world to mock us and shame us and humiliate us. God is a good, good father. And he is all about our success. And he's all about bringing his will to pass in our life. God never humiliates us. There is a kind and a gentle way that God produces humility in us. But it's the long road that, that humbles us because if we get on a quick path and an easy path and we get from ground zero to success overnight, what is it that is said of us 
And what is it that we might start to believe about ourselves? That we are just an overnight success. What a sensation. Wow, what a person. No one's ever had that kind of success previously. Look at their intellect. Look at their skill. Look at their prowess. When the path's quick and easy, we would be tempted to think that it was our genius or, or whatever it is about us that got us there. But it is the long road. The long road requires us to be desperately dependent on God's grace and mercy. Look, we launched this church two years ago. Our church is two years old. And to be honest with you, I wanted for Waterview, even though we launched in the middle of the pandemic and there were thousands of churches closing around the country, I wanted in six months, a year, two years, to have 1,000 people, 1,500 people, 4,000 people, our own property paid for, buildings built, all of the things. I wanted it so much. Could justify that desire so much. God, it'll be for your glory. God, it'll be all about you. We just want to reach people. We want to, we want to change we want to change Lake Norman, God. We want to see your kingdom brought to earth here in this city. We want to see people come fully alive, flourish and live fulfilled. We want to help people make their lives matter. We want to create a church where the people know that they're a priority, where your presence and power is a priority. But what was in my heart hasn't happened in six months. And it hasn't happened in 12 months. And it hasn't happened in 24 months and we're on a long road but this long road is requiring me it's requiring us to be desperately dependent on God's grace and God's mercy and God as the provider and God as the door opener and all of those things and when you're on the long road that long road will take the credit away from us and it will put all of the credit and all of the honor and all of the glory in the hands of God. So for those of you today that are feeling frustrated and discouraged about the long road of education that you're on, the long road of getting a business started, the long road of getting your marriage back to how it needs to be, the long road of seeing your children saved, the long road of you becoming everything that God wants you to be, understand that all you can do as it's unfolding in your life is just keep trusting God, just keep just keep trusting him without reservation and in time you'll see what it is that he has put in your heart to see the next thing and i'm hurrying to close is that the long road it reveals our hearts the long road reveals our hearts you see we just read from deuteronomy 8 2 but there's more in fact it says this and you will remember the long way. Everyone say the long way. And you'll remember the long way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years. 40 years. That he might humble you. 
And we read that part, but look at this. Testing you to know. So why exactly were we on the long road? Why is God choosing this to prepare us for battle? Because it's humbling us and it's testing us to know what is in our hearts. Whether or not you would keep his commandments or not. The long road reveals our heart. Man, God is all about the heart. Us, not so much. We're masters at presenting ourselves in one way and, and saying right things. And, and, and for us in the American culture, it's really about what you see and what everyone else can see. And so that's why we've got social media and we've got selfies and we've got filters because not only is it important for people to see what's on the outside, but if you put a right filter on it, then we can make what's on the outside even look better. But God's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. And suffice it to say that our faith, when he's preparing us for battle, when he's preparing us for what he has for us, and we're walking that long road, and we're walking that hard path, our faith rises to the surface when we're faced with that kind of adversity. Because we can only talk for so long. We can only present something for so long. Eventually stuff's going to start bubbling up. It's going to start being revealed. It's revealed as it rises to the surface. God is wanting our hearts to be pure. In fact, that's why throughout the Psalms, there's all kinds of prayers as our musicians come. There's all kinds of prayers like create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. There's prayers like let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God. There's realities that are presented to us like who will ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who will stand in his holy place? The person who has clean hands and who has a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully. It is that person that will receive the righteousness of our God, that will receive the blessing of our God. When we are being prepared for battle and we're walking it out, we're frustrated because we don't like it and we're frustrated because it takes time and we're frustrated because there might be a part of us that realizes that there is a shortcut that exists, but we're just not on it. We see others on it and we envy what they're doing and we envy where they're going. But in all of this, God is revealing our hearts. He's, he's showing us what's there and as our hearts coming to the surface it's refined and it's changed and it's purified and then it's displayed for us to see it's displayed for God to see it's displayed for our spouses and our families to see and it's it's all for the glory of God it's all for the glory of God and for our own success like what's really success Because here, here in this context, we've got 
two successes. The one is that they get to the promised land. There's one success that you're thinking about right now in your life. It's completing that degree, taking that business to the next level, getting that career. You're thinking about that success. And that's one of the successes that, that, that we're talking about. But there's another. There's another success that I would say is more important than even that. And that is who you're becoming. How God's changing you. How God's working in you. That you tomorrow look different than what you were yesterday. All this is happening. We're on this long road, this hard path, because God is invested in our success. He wants to see you overcome the conflict. He wants to see you win the battle. He wants to see you flourish and live fulfilled. And we may not understand nor agree with how it all works, but we can agree on this. It does work. And it will work. And there will be success in our life if we would just let our faith prepare us for battle. Will you stand with me here today? I want to pray for you and then we're going to go back into a final song. And then we're going to go out of here and rest and eat hamburgers and hot dogs and blow things up and wave red, white, and blue. But I pray that in the back of your mind, you're going to be thinking for days about this reality. In fact, I'd like to just read it one more time. Just this passage is so fascinating to me. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, even though that was shorter. And as we're reading this for this final time, I want you to think about how it relates to your life. For God said if they face war, they might change their minds and go back. So God led his people on a harder path. Around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. So that when his people went up out of where they've been. So that... His people went up out of where they were. They went ready for battle. Come on, church. You're going to be ready for battle with me these next few days, these next few months. Come on. It don't matter what 2023 brings our way. It doesn't matter how 2024 looks. God's going to be with us. He's going to help us.